Hi, this is Mark C. Frankel with Wayward Raven Media. This is Alex Sepplinzis, also of Wayward Raven Media. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the, the Comic, Comic Relief, Relief Podcast. Podcast. Hoorah! Hey, listener. Welcome to the Comic Relief Podcast. Hope you survived the experience. The Comic Relief Podcast is an unscripted discussion about the pop culture surrounding comic books with your hosts, Uncanny Thomas Logue and Mighty Michael Miranda. All right. Today we're talking about games, comic book games. And we're going to be talking about video games, arcade games, tabletop games. You name it, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about every single game known to man in existence not really though we're going to talk about games that we've played that we've loved and that we have come to know and after the podcast if there's a game that you've played that's related to comics that we didn't mention tell us about it tell us why you like it all right so let's let's kick things off here tom uh you want to get started with the let's go with consoles man how about that for console games it's a long list yeah. That's where I played a lot of my games. Yeah. Is back in the day, to date myself, I had the good old Sega Genesis. Absolutely, man. Sega Genesis was awesome. It was. Yeah. Because that's where I played the first X-Men game that I know of, which included playable characters like Gambit, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, and Cyclops. That was it. Is this the one where you had the assistance from other characters? Yeah. Right? Like Archangel would fly, fly across in. the screen. Yeah. Yes. And just kill all the enemies. I think Rogue was another one that would have swooped down. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this game. This was yeah. a really good game. But every once in a while, and I don't remember what would trigger it. What, what would trigger it? I don't even remember that. Yeah. I've, I've got it. We should, go yeah, we should just go plug it in real quick and see. How do I trigger help? It and check it. <laughs> but yeah, I remember this game. And I mean, this game came out like when I was deep into comics, man, especially the X-Men. So this was huge. And this was essentially was based around the uh, like the blue and the gold team of the yes, 90s, it was. right? Yeah. Yep, okay. 90s era. Where... Yeah, totally, totally. And this one had a... a unique level in it that I think uh, pissed off a lot of people. I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about the reboot? The reboot, yeah. And the best part of the reboot thing is that it was timed. So if you didn't figure out that you had to reset your Sega, mm -hmm. it, you just lose. When I first played the game, I didn't know that you had to reboot the computer. I didn't understand that. Right. I didn't, I didn't figure it out. So I don't know how, but I got a code that lets you choose the level to start. So I would always start the game on the It was level probably on the Game Genie? It might have been. I or you know what? There was magazines. There was magazines that... Um, oh, you're right. Like yeah. down, down, up, up, back, back. Yeah. A at but the I mean, title screen. Exactly, exactly. On that level, you would actually reset your Sega. And would you start on the next level when the Sega came back up? So essentially what happened is if you if you press the Sega for the right amount of time, it would actually sequence the game and continue, and that's how you beat it. Because if I remember correctly, that's the end of the game. No, 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 no. That, the mojo level is like mid-game. That's why I always had to... like I didn't know what to do. So I had to find the code to start the game on the next level. On that next level? Yeah, and then yeah. continue on with the game. Because I think the last guy you fight is either apocalypse or magneto kudos to the uh development team for like that really the player yeah. <laughs> confusing the hell out of a bunch of kids <laughs> naturally you liked it right gambit was a playable character that's, that's one of the main <laughs> reasons and then another one uh Maiko just played it because i still have my sega 3 which is like a tiny version of the sega is x-men 2 clone wars to me, this game is like superior in every way to the first one. Oh, yeah. Because A, you got, for playable characters, you got Beast, Cyclops, Gambit, Nightcrawler, Psylocke, and Wolverine. Mm -hmm. And when you get to the third level and beat it, 
you actually unlock Magneto. Oh, nice. So he's an unlockable character. Oh, very cool. So, and you can play the game over as Magneto? No. Or you just continue from that point yeah, on? Yeah, because there's no save. So it doesn't. Oh, once right. you beat it, it yeah. doesn't know that you've ever unlocked him. You have to do it all over again. And th- this game only came out maybe like a year or two after the uh, the first X-Men game, right? Not yeah. too long afterwards. It came out in 1995. Okay. Yeah, I totally missed this game. I don't know how. Yeah, how dude, this game, we just played it. It's awesome. I remember seeing screenshots. I remember seeing screenshots yeah. of of Psylocke and the snow level, which is the first level. The first level. But for some reason, I, I just totally missed that game. Me and my friend would literally spend days and days and days because, like I said, there's no save. So literally what we'd do is we'd play, 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 play until we got to a certain point, pause the game, turn off the TV, and just leave the Sega on. Mm-hmm. He'd cruise over the next day, bring some lunch, <laughs> turn on the TV, unpause the Sega, and continue. Pick, pick right back up where pick you started. Pick right back up. Total mall rats move right there, It was. Man. It yeah. was. It was a lot like it. You just get up, stretch. Let's play some hockey. <laughs> pick up right, unpause, pick up right where you left off. It's it's interesting because when you first start the game, you don't. it doesn't allow you to pick a character. No. It just gives you a random character and you yeah. just got to play the first level with who whatever they, character who they, they drop you. you with. Yeah, exactly. And even, even if you like say like you bomb out of the level and you just die, it's just going to kick you down the next year. Or do you actually get to... If you do die, then you get to pick and that's uh, who you okay. get to pick for the first level. And then it's also kind of a bummer because you only have so many lives right yeah you only have three this is why i'm thinking you're right that there were cheat codes in magazines back then Mm -hmm. because i can't imagine that tim and i made it through Mm -hmm. x-men 2 on three lives apiece there's just no way i think we did that we must have grabbed a code or i had my game genie which i still have Mm -hmm. and found a code on a magazine that says here's how you extend 50 (laughs) lives yeah all right what else do you guys for us as far as consoles go Next, in 1994, I played X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. Nice. This is kind of like the game that we just played. It's pretty much just a side-scroller. Mm-hmm. And it had essentially the same cast as X-Men 2. We have Beast, Cyclops, Gambit, Psylocke, and Wolverine, except no Nightcrawler. Okay, now I don't remember this game. Was this for the Super Nintendo or was this, this for the was, I don't remember if it was Super Nintendo or Nintendo. I'm looking at some screenshots and I... I do remember this game, actually. I do remember. I never played it. I so this is the... like X-Men 2. You remember the screenshots, just no, never played No, for this one, it. I remember the box art. It's like it was based on the uh, the animated series. Uh, launched around that time at the yes. peak of the animated series. Yeah. The one that I actually spent a lot of time on, even though I suck at it, was in 1994. They came out with X-Men, Children of the Atom. Did you play anything other than X-Men games, dude? No. back, <laughs> Dude, back in the 90s, that's all I cared about was yeah, the X-Men. Yeah. My, X-Men and Avengers, but I was really, really really yeah. really into the x-men oh the x-men were hot then too yeah. man yeah absolutely so i mean it, when i look at this list like literally you're gonna go dude did you play anything other than the X- like if, it, if they just put the name x-men on it i bought it yeah you i'm know? still that way it had people like colossus cyclops iceman psylocke storm wolverine uh who you can play as heroes absolutely what was cool is they had villains you could play which included omega red which in the 90s i was really really into omega mm-hmm. red you know after x-men number four i was like mm-hmm. yes omega red awesome character no this was pretty cool because this game was like the x-men version of street fighter i mean yeah it was it was developed in uh, by, capcom. by capcom yeah absolutely so it was a clean game great graphics yes. very smooth i mean it was i, I gotta imagine this has got to be one of the one of the better fighting games for that time right for that time yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely plus it was just a chance for people who played street fighter to kick the of people who yeah. never really played Street Fighter but played this game because it was an X-Men game. Yeah. Not absolutely. that I'm speaking from experience. <laughs> Little kids kicked my ass all the time. Oh, yeah. No, I, I always loved playing this game, but I just wasn't... I, I was never good at fighting games in general, dude. You kicked my ass 
every time we play Injustice. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> he and I would like test it. We'll talk about it later, but in Injustice, we'll mm. kick back, play a few rounds every single time Michael won. Yeah. The dude who's like, I'm not very good, but I kicked your ass every time. I thought he was letting me win. No. You know what I mean? But no. It's no I, was like, I, was, I was really trying to win. Yeah. <laughs> Another unique thing about this game is that it introduced um, uh, ground breaks where you would break the the level and go to uh, like a sub-level oh, of yes. that level. Yeah. yeah. So this was the first game to do that, which was pretty cool. Yes. Going back to who was available to play, we like I said, we had Omega Red. We had mm-hmm. the Sentinel, mm-hmm. which was cool. Yeah. Silver Samurai, of course. Yeah. Spiral, Juggernaut, and... And Magneto. Great, great choice of characters and villains, man. Yeah. It's so strange, so unique. I don't know, man. Like, I see this and I think Capcom, I'm not sure if they were very familiar with the Marvel license when they saw this. And I'm, I'm just totally assuming here. You look at this list and you think, wow, why would they pick Spiral? Yeah. You know what I mean? It, look, it looks like they saw just images of these characters and thought that that's looks a cool. cool character. That's a cool character. That's a cool character. That's a cool character. You know what I mean? And went with it. Yeah. And then you'll see that throughout all the other uh, Capcom games that included the the Marvel characters. It's like, why? Yeah. Some why of the characters that you put in. Characters. Yeah. Like Blackheart and and Sh- and Shuma Garath. And it's like, yeah. Wow, that's cool. It worked out great. And then here's one that I know we both played. Came out in the year 2000. X Men. Academy. Yes. Another fighting game. Yes, another fighting game. But this time, it doesn't look like Street Fighter. They actually look like regular comic book style art. Yeah. It was completely inferior to the Street Fighter game. Unfortunately, once you play a a Capcom fighter game, anything else is just very difficult to compare. And this was made uh, strictly for the, I think it's the PlayStation. PlayStation. The the PlayStation, right? The PSP also. Yeah, so I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's a bit limited and it showed. And what's weird is for a game that came out in the year 2000, your playable characters were Cyclops, Wolverine, Gambit, Storm, Beast, and Phoenix, and that's it. Yeah, that was it. You know, and like on a game that was a PlayStation, you figure they could have chalked in like 12 characters. Yeah, to throw in. at least. There was a storyline that went to this, right? Yes. You were kind of going through the storyline. Yeah, I remember. You buy it, you're you're super excited to play it. The cover art's cool. You get home. Yeah, it's and just like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In. And like 20 minutes into it, you're just, oh, you're done. Yeah, you already picked up another game and put it in there. <laughs> yeah. There was a X-Men Mutant Academy 2. I can't believe they made a sequel, man. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder, it must have just sold just on the name alone yeah. to guys like us. <laughs> yeah, it catered to people like <laughs> you and I. Absolutely. I actually never got it and I never played it because I didn't like the first one. I had the exact same reaction. I didn't even I didn't even know there was a part two. I probably wouldn't have picked it up. <laughs> Can't <laughs> burn me twice on it. Yeah. <laughs> Fool me once and whatever that saying yeah, is. Fool yeah. me twice and I should be kicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the next game I got was X-Men Destiny. Did you ever try this one on the 360? X-Men Destiny. No, I did not. So this game, you have basically a choice between three characters, and you're a new mutant. Oh, I do remember. That turned me off to it, that you weren't able to play uh, an, an, an actual existing, existing character. character. Yeah, you had to, like, essentially, they were trying to do a Knights of the Old Republic, uh, choose a dark side, choose a light side. Yes, that's yeah, exactly right. It. Yeah. You should go back and play it. It's good. When I initially started it, I was like, oh, I'm just this random dude. Yeah. And when I played it, I was like, okay, I'm... I'm going to give this a whirl. You know, it is like Knightsville Republic. You Cyclops say, hey, we need your help over here. And then Mystique comes up to you and is like, hey, we need your help over here. Mm-hmm. And you kind of choose. But what I do like is as you go and as you progress and as you level, you start picking different 
trees. So, you know, you pick this power tree that you say, oh, I'm going to pick, you know, like Dark Force. Okay. And when you get a couple levels and then you unlock this part of this mm-hmm. Dark Force or this and you have, it starts, you know, doing the chain where you can do all these different powers yeah. based on what you pick. So it's actually kind of cool. And you put points into those powers to make them more powerful. Mm-hmm. It's actually really cool to basically create a new character. And the storyline is actually fairly good. You know, they involve mm-hmm. all these different characters and you get to basically develop this character in mm-hmm. the middle of this storyline. So I kind of like it because you're not forced to be Wolverine. You already know Wolverine's story. You yeah. already know everything he can mm-hmm. do. You're making this new guy and interacting with all these mm-hmm. characters. So you feel kind of important. Huh. D- does the story change and do other characters react differently to you as you choose a side? Not really. That's the only thing that I didn't like. That's mm-hmm. where it falls short of Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. You know, there isn't a lot of consequence. You know, if you go help Mystique, Cyclops might say something, but it's not like he's going to be like, oh, I don't want to deal with you anymore because yeah. you ruined your faction with the X-Men. Yeah, but it's still worth <laughs> worth another look. It, it was, it I was decent. I would. Huh. I'll yeah, it and it was on the uh, Xbox 360. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not opposed to going back and, like, picking up old games that I may have passed on, yeah. especially now the game might probably be, like, a bargain bin type Yeah, game. it's probably, especially with the Xbox <laughs> One out now, yeah. all those Xbox 360 games are going to be you know, oh, very, yeah. very cheap. Cleaning up. Good list so far, dude. What else do you got for us? What other X-Men games are there? Well, this time, <laughs> ironically, that's where the X-Men titles stop for me. That's where you stop playing X-Men. That's, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> you grew a beard. No more X-Men. No games. more X-Men. Yeah. I'm just going to be a hobo. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2005, there was a game called Marvel Rise of the Imperfects. Did you ever play it? No. Wow. What is this? Yeah. So I played it maybe for about an hour, mm-hmm. and I don't remember much of it. <laughs> that was that good, huh? It was that good. I mean, I didn't like it. It's It was this weird tie-in um, between Marvel and someone else. I can't remember who the other company is. Rise of the Imperfects. I don't remember that game at all. Thing is fighting off like these alien creature type things. I remember this game on the PSP. Yeah, one of my cousins had it on the PSP. Yes, yeah. I do remember this. It was, yeah, you're right. It was kind of like, ah, uh, it's all right. But yeah. it didn't really grab, like, My didn't really make me want to go out and, like, buy it or anything right. like that. It was just, Unfortunately, I did because it had Marvel in it. Yeah. You know, this time I, I progressed from yeah. just X-Men no, titles to oh, Marvel. Now, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that was another game I played. So if anyone's played that game and you really like it, I'd love to hear why you like it mm-hmm. and try to convince me on it. The next one I have, I know you've played. And if you haven't, the podcast is over. You're going home uh-huh. now. So the next one is Marvel Ultimate Alliance and Ultimate Alliance 2. Oh, man. See? Oh, I'm, I, let's take it back to X-Men Legends, dude. This you want to go? Okay, you, you this, have something before? I, yeah, I want to go back to X-Men Legends. All right, bring man. it. I remember picking this up. Now, these these uh, these games are all very similar. They're all developed by, I think it was Raven Software. Raven, yes. Uh, except for Ultimate Alliance 2, it wasn't Raven, but they kept the same format for the most part. Uh, you pick four characters, and you it's kind of like a, a dungeon-crawling action RPG, yeah, right? Where it's like top-down view. Very, very good game, man. Very fun. There was a Legends 2, right? There was an X-Men Legends 2, which okay. was when uh, Rise of Apocalypse came, which is funny because the X-Men Legends 2 came out, like, I think within the same year of X-Men Legends 1. So wow. they, like, capitalized on it. And it was still good. I mean, the, these games kept their quality up until, you know, the Ultimate Alliance when they finally went into the... They didn't want to do an X-Men 3. They said... We're going to do a, you know, a Marvel Universe one. Right. And so they, it all started with X-Men Legends, which was an excellent game, man, because you had a lot of um, a lot of characters to choose from. And then you had to, like, unlock. Uh, every character had, like, multiple costumes that you would unlock. I love when they do that. Oh, my god! I'm a sucker for the I alternate costumes. a sucker for that, dude. Yeah. 
And then what's cool is that the um, the Ultimate Alliance would give you bonuses for teaming up characters that had like something in common, right? Yeah, in Ultimate Alliance. Yes, in Ultimate Alliance, yes. which was just oh, like like yeah. for example, if you teamed up the Fantastic, Fantastic Four, they Four. would get like a certain percentage towards yeah XP bonus and stuff XP like that. XP bonus, yeah. Then you'd put a, you'd group together like X Men, mm-hmm. and that would give you a different bonus. That's just like plays towards like the geek. The, the geek, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that the X Men Legends was the story was written by the Man of Action. I don't know if you are familiar with the Man of Action. Mm-mm. It's a it's a group of, of formal um, Marvel writers that have kind of grouped up and be, like became a writing team. I think it's Duncan Rouleau, Joe Casey, Joe Kelly, and Steven Siegel are Man of Action. I'm not sure if they're the same guys. Man of Action may have changed or whatever, but dude, Ultimate Alliance was a legit game. Yeah, that one I played for hours and hours and oh, hours yeah. and hours. Forget it. Yeah. And yeah. then you would like find like uh, dolls or something within the level and you collect mm-hmm. four uh, Daredevil dolls or four Black yep. Panther Bloop. dolls and then you would unlock Daredevil and Black Panther. It's like, yeah. that's perfect, man. Keep me playing this game over, over and, and over and over. Looking for this freaking yeah, doll. exactly. I would beat it. I'm going to smash every barrel. Yes. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. And then like in, in, I think in the Ultimate Alliance or maybe it was X-Men Legends, if you played certain characters within the storyline, the dialogue would change. Yes, so yep. if yeah, if there but was they did it in Ultimate Alliance. I know they did. That. Yeah, yeah. Where if you if you had certain characters and the enemy was a certain enemy, the the dialogue would be specific to those to, to their relationship. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. They they did a really good job with that game. Yes. I really enjoyed it. Beta Ray Bill, who I actually mm-hmm. really love, was oh, one yeah. of the alternate costumes of Thor. Yes, and I remember once I got him, that's all it. That's all like, he, he was always on my team. <laughs> him and three other people. <laughs> yeah, and and what I love is that every character had three alternate costumes, mm-hmm. so it's not like one guy had a dozen and one guy had one or one, two. Right. So once you found your three alternate costumes for this specific character, you just hopped on the next one. Start working the Got next one. Yeah, yep. exactly. It was it was so cool. And then you'd have your guys all in the costumes that you like them in. And yes. It was like totally playing dolls, dude. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much digital dolls. <laughs> digital dolls, man. It yeah, was that's very. That's a good way to look at it because that's really what it was. Yeah. I'm going to dress up my hero how I want him yeah, want and him. the rest of my team and we're going to go play. And we're going to go play tea party. <laughs> Absolutely. And the, the second Ultimate Alliance was was based on the um, the Civil War story. Civil War. Too. What I liked about that is Evan, and I'm probably mispronouncing his last name, Skolnick. Mm-hmm. He wrote like the second half of the New Warriors after Fabian left. He has frequently come onto my website at newwarriors.com. Go visit newwarriors.com. Yeah, yeah, visit it. Newwarriors.com. He would go on the forum and he started talking about how he was working on Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. Oh, nice. And he said, you know, that we can be, we can expect a surprise, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And sure enough, Speedball, who mm-hmm. was part of the whole Civil War thing, became Penance, and he's one of the yeah. main villains you fight yep. in Ultimate Alliance 2. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Nice. So you got, like, the heads up on that, yeah, right? Yeah, got the heads up. Dude, so. very cool. Very cool. The next one I have on my list, we go back to the X-Men. Surprise. Imagine surprise. that. Surprise. Surprise, surprise. Who'd have it? Um, and this is one that I know you've actually played, and you actually already beat it, and I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Which is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh my goodness. This game. Okay, so every once in a while the movie comes out and there's a, there's like a guaranteed game tie in for it. All the and time. Usually. <laughs> Especially nowadays. Usually they suck. 
they suck bad. They're kind of made by some companies that really have no business making. Making. It's just a license. You know what I mean? They just want to capitalize on the movie coming out. Every once in a while, man, you'll pick up a game like X-Men Originals Wolverine that is really good. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get very far. Now, do you have the, I think it's the Unleashed version, right? I don't know what version I have. Uncaged. There's an Uncaged edition. So they released the game and um, it was pretty popular. It it did pretty well. So it got... Wolverine. Of course it did well. Yeah. No, but I mean, okay, go back to uh, the first X-Men, or maybe it was the second X-Men movie. They did an X-Men game on that license with those those movie characters. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. bad. And I mean, Hugh Jackman was all over that thing. This game, on the other hand, it captured the essence of Wolverine really well. That it did. I'll yeah. give you that. It really did. It was really gory, really bloody. And I'm not sure if it's just because I played the Uncaged Edition, because that's what the Uncaged Edition was. It cranked up the gore. Okay. I remember like where you could like uh, impale enemies in like the environments and spikes and yes. stuff. Yeah, that was like, ooh, that is <laughs> brutal, dude. But thumbs up, man. I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting much out of the game and that's a great game if if you haven't played it, I really highly recommend. recommend I mean, I, I have recommended it to a few people and they've come back and said, yeah, that, that was that was a good game. That to be a good game. <laughs> yeah, it was a good game. We have plenty of other games to talk about, but we're probably going to save that for another podcast. We have Maiko doing an interview with Mark and Alex from Wayward Raven. Raven, Raven. All right, so you guys are uh, you guys got eight days to go on your uh, Kickstarter, huh? Oh man, coming right Ooh. down to the wire, dude! Right down to the wire. You know what? Let's go ahead and just get into this. So we're here with uh, Mark Frankel, creator, CEO, and COO with uh, Wayward Raven Media, and we also have um, Alex Apunsis, creative director and web gremlin with Wayward Raven Media. How are you guys doing today? Good, good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. We're doing great. San Diego's uh, on fire. I don't know if you guys have uh, heard the news or, or, or watched the news. We're uh, burning up down here. Both figuratively literally huh yeah the, the north county is is, is is all ablaze but it seems like they have it under control now that's good i think i'll, I'll wait till winter to visit then perhaps right uh so all right guys so uh, so tell me about wayward raven media where did you guys come up with the idea to start your own company it kind of evolved out of our third partner josh joshua la jones who's also our, our editor-in-chief he and i you've been kind of writing and talking and and uh, we actually decided one day you know he, he was a novelist i did lots of short stories that we wanted to try to write together and we started out trying to write stage plays, actually. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to admit it, I'm loathe to admit it, they, they weren't all that great. <laughs> Horrible. Horrible. Some... Well, what, what kind of plays were you guys writing? Were you guys writing uh, comedies, dramas? Comedies, dramas, a, a little bit of both. Um, and, and we've always kind of had this bend towards the supernatural, you know, mythology, that sort of stuff. And a lot of them ended up kind of that way. And, and unfortunately, or, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, that's just not I think not a lot of the stuff that, that folks who go to plays look for. So, you know, I mean, I, I think we, we naturally actually transitioned to comics because of that and suddenly the comics got much better because it made sense and so we we kind of got together writing comics then we we transitioned some of that stuff you know we actually uh, hooked up with alex too uh, he and i had met and we started talking comics and and Next thing I know, he's drawn a webcomic. I'm writing a webcomic. And so we had this other property. We, we had two titles and then now a third title. And it actually all kind of came together and took off at, at uh, New York Comic Con, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So out of all the comics that you guys have, I'm looking at your catalog here on uh, uh, on Store Envy. 
which was the the first comic that you guys started working on? Uh, Horseman. Actually, technically, I should say the first one that, that Josh and I wrote isn't available yet. It's part of the signed series. It's actually signed O. We decided we want to launch C first. It's in the can. It's kind of ready to rock and roll. We just got to find the right person for it. So Horseman was kind of the second one we did, and then, then the Ascendant, then Signed. Okay, now let's talk about Signed. You guys have a Kickstarter going for Signed. We're getting towards the end of the Kickstarter there. Tell me about the story. Now, this is the Kickstarter for the second issue, right? Yes. First one's out already. Essentially, as I tell people, young women go missing all the time, but seldom do they have the most bad sorceress of all time, uh, quite literally willing to go to heaven and earth and anywhere else she needs to, to go to uh, to track her client down and, and bring her back safe. It's it's a little bit Clash of the Titans meets, uh, you know, Supernatural meets, you know, Sam Spade detective story. It's interesting. So that, the first one's out. We're trying to actually get some funding for the second issue. And so really what it's about is, is the print run and just paying the artists. And we've asked for a very little amount, actually. It's, it's only $2,400. As of right now, we're about $157 shy. Black five. With eight days left, yeah. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> Take some stress off of me. <laughs> Absolutely. Get get on there. Do this. So so in this story, in the story though, the main heroine is is essentially a like a private investigator? I think that's kind of how it ends up happening, but she's actually a, a talent agent. And so that's really her, her job. That you know, her thing uh, when you when you talk about signed, her her piece of quote unquote signed is is quite literally, you know, signing talent. And she's very protective of that talent you'll even see in in uh in one of these issues uh the muses are a rival talent agency she's very you know protective of her clients and and very you know uh, what's the word i'm looking for i guess uh you know territorial uh, territorial is a perfect word absolutely and so that's kind of where it it evolves from she's not really a detective but she's kind of playing the part now is 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 her name c i'm sorry explain the, the title to me and how it works in with the character please sure sure so signed is the overall kind of fictive universe much like Fables is the overall fictive universe, but C the Missing is the actual title of the book. And C is her name. She goes by C. She goes by CC. As the series goes on, you, you will learn her true name. And I'm, I'm sure you could probably think of a couple things in, in mythology that, that might align with that. You, you will see that as time goes on. She is not Cthulhu. That's not what the C stands for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, sure you just disappointed a lot of people right now. Cthulhu seems to be really popular right now. I don't know why. Everyone's all about uh, Cthulhu shirts and Cthulhu cards. and Cthulhu. I mean, there's even like a Cthulhu role-playing game on iOS that I've had for a few years. <laughs> like 8-bit style. Pretty cool, actually. It's uh, Cthulhu saves the world. Cthulhu gets summoned forth, but then like some unseen force takes his power away, and he's forced to be a good guy to try to regain his powers. And it's really, you know, it's, it's like very tongue-in-cheek about like the old 8-bit and 16-bit role-playing games. It's really fun. So so your artist on, on uh, Sign C is, um, was it Joshua? No, so in this case, it's Wayne Brown. And uh, yeah, he's been doing a fantastic job. He signed up for the whole run. It's a, it's a six-book run he is actually in the process of doing book four right now book two is done it's in the can it's ready to rock and roll that's that's why we put that one up there but book three is actually fully inked and he's been working on on book four so we probably got to get in the stick and, and get out to our colorist but yeah and do you guys see um see the missing as, as an ongoing series or do you have a arc you know in mind and and, and are gonna keep it limited yeah no we, we like things to end whereas i think we could draw from the characters in the universe and we will we'll continue to use the signed universe for other things but uh no the series is definitely to end and are you guys gonna keep the theme of the uh letter in the title i know you mentioned oh yep 
um, signed out. So you guys are going to keep that kind of that theme going. Absolutely, absolutely. And do you guys have any uh, any other uh, Kickstarters planned or anything <laughs> uh, coming out along with See the Missing, or is it right now the focus on See the Missing? I think um, he's got Kickstarter fatigue. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can do it again. It's it's uh, you know, it's it's fun, it's interesting, but it's it's very harrowing. It's like you know, oh come on, just and and we're right here at like one hundred and fifty seven dollars, and I'm looking at it just going come on just just you know a couple more backers just get me there let me sleep at night um you know so it's Some people spend more on coffee than yeah. for our kickstarters yeah what's killing me too is we've got some really great stuff up there there's uh i don't know if you know who matt fletcher is but um he did the cover for our horseman issue too we've actually committed to putting up a very limited print run uh just 10 uh signed and numbered uh, of that cover that he's gonna he's gonna sign a number so there's some cool stuff up there like that you know there's some really cool artwork by wayne that's one of those things that people really really like to get is the original stuff so you know those are the, those mm-hmm. are the things I, i'd love to see kind of get out there and, and do really really well okay and where can folks uh go to back your book going right to kickstarter and, and plugging in wayward raven that'll get you there if you plug in sign that will get you there there's this great picture of the cover of issue three with uh with c and a sword and a red background it's pretty distinctive wayne did an awesome job on that cool. and, and where else can uh can folks find you do you guys have a, a an online presence facebook Twitter? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, you can go to at Wayward Raven. You can find me at, at Panther Pit. You can find Alex at A. Sapunzis. Um, you can spell it. it. Yeah, if you can spell it. It, it. it only took me about two years to pronounce it right. Um <laughs> Actually, to, to plug something else that we do, if you, the easiest way to find me is if you go to waywardraven.com or on damnheroes.com. I have a follow link on that, and that's much easier than, to spell than my last name. <laughs> what's uh, what's Damn Heroes? So Damn Heroes is actually a webcomic that I draw on Mark Wrights and uh, tied into the Kickstarter. That's actually one of the um, uh, rewards that we're giving people. is in da- Damn Heroes is a, a weekly webcomic about superheroes. It's just kind of poking fun at the superhero genre and just, you know pop culture. And whereas most of our books are our uh, limited series. This is actually an ongoing title. We've been doing it for like almost two years now. And the premise is a guy goes five miles over the speed limit in a town full of superheroes and has to do five years of community service. His landlord is a supervillain and his parole officer, for lack of a better word, is a superhero. So so Damn Heroes, you guys write it in a uh, like a comic strip format, right? I was actually yeah. thinking that would be another possible Kickstarter, but I don't know. I think maybe we just... We're too tired. You're of that, on your so. own, dude. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys plan on uh, doing any more uh, convention? We've got a whole schedule planned out this year. We just did Asbury Park, and for Free Comic Book Day, we were uh, we were over at uh, Alternate Universe in Milford. So, so we had a great time there. And then the rest of our schedule actually is we'll be up at Hartford Comic Con at the end of this month. We will be at both uh, New York Comic Fest and New York Comic Con Special Edition at the same time. You know, Alex is going one way, I'm going another way. Josh is coming with me. I think we, we may have uh, James Emmett, who was uh, someone we just signed to go with Alex. So I, I think we're going to have a, a pretty good setup there. Uh, we'll be at Heroes Con, Boston Comic Con. We'll be at Comic Con, which is uh, here in Connecticut. And then uh, New York Comic Con. Right on. Well, go check them out. Follow them on Twitter at Wayward Raven Media. Is that correct? That is correct. Facebook.com com slash wayward raven media wayward raven.com uh, you can also uh, back their kickstarter please, uh, please by doing a search for wayward raven please, please, back please, it 
Back it up. I'm not even asking nicely. Just do it. Do it. You can put in sign C and, and it'll come up. That, that's correct, right? That is correct. Probably the easiest way. I know Wayward Raven's probably the easiest. Just Google Wayward Raven and you'll see all their hits for all their stuff. You can also check out their uh, some of their stuff on damnheroes.com. So get out there. Uh, say hi to them at, at the conventions. Back their Kickstarter. And thank you very much, guys, for coming on talking to me. Oh, thanks for having us. This is great. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Comic Relief Podcast. We'll hope you join us next time as we continue to discuss all things comic book related. And until then, make mine Marvel. And DC. And independent. Don't forget to check us out at comicreliefpodcast.com or you can visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast or go to our YouTube channel www.youtube.com forward slash comicreliefpodcast podcast and finally there is our twitter page which is twitter.com forward slash comic relief podc i'd like to give a special shout out to travis richards who did the music for the comic relief podcast visit his website at www.travisarichards.com